What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we are live right now on Spreaker.com, and my buddy, Mr. Mike Myers, joins us. How are you, Michael? I'm at, I'm doing well. It's a... Uh... It, it, life just goes on. I don't know what to say. Well, I know you had an amazing day yesterday, and I thought to kick off today, why don't you share us that story? Well, I got a uh, text message from my little brother. To make a long story short, uh, my mom ended up in the emergency room, and uh, uh, I, I got to go uh, not only see her, but what didn't make sense is that I got to hold her hand. I got to hold her hand. That's, I don't get um, it. No, that is amazing, though. And I get—I know why you're a little confused, because we're all supposed to not touch each other, right? So yeah. were you properly equipped, though? Like you had the gloves on and everything like no. that? No. Huh? Hmm. No. No. Not at all. I said, I know I can't give her a hug goodbye, but... And the, and the nurse said, well, you can hold her hand. It's like, really? And I got, I got to admit, I got choked up. It did that seem... I got to, I got to hold my mommy's hand, but it's just oh. weird. All this stuff is, is, it's just weird. Well, I know I, it was a little I, weird, I, but I know also that you've been hoping that that moment would come for a while, right? Uh, yes, you're exactly right. Yep. So I, it's I got what was it a God ordained moment? I could look at it that way if I wanted, can't I? I would have to believe so, and I do hope you share that story today at 9 a.m. on your own channel, Radio Hope, because, look, um, I think people would want to hear something like that. Like, wow, he finally got to see his mom, because I know you talk yeah. about her often on the pod, so I'm sure they'll love to hear the update. In, in fact, uh, I even have a, I took my little MP3 recorder, and it's really interesting to listen to it, because she's talking, and she's praying and in the background you're hearing people kind of joking around and it's like you know i don't know what do you think about all this alex what do you, do you think we're just like totally freaking out or i mean well if they let her hold her hand then they obviously know it may well i don't want to say it's not as severe as i say but they obviously didn't think that um that guideline needed to be observed. I don't know how to say it. It's so weird to say it because you're supposed to observe guidelines, but maybe they felt that in that moment they saw a son that needed to feel his mother's touch, and they let wow. him do that. And you know what else was interesting is uh, <laughs> everybody that walked in while I was there, she said, I could probably get in trouble for asking this question, but are you a Christian? Everybody that was helping to take care of her 
Yes. I mean, it was it was kind of cool, really. Well, Radio Hope, Mike Myers is on with me now. And by the way, uh, you can listen to him. And also, you've, you've just been, you just had this experience, and I, I think that's great. And the whole thing where she asked somebody who was a Christian, that was pretty remarkable. To, how's that's... her voice? Is she? Oh, and by the way, he's been dealing with this for a while because she's been low in spirit. And finally, yesterday, her spirits were raised because you were able to go. And it was, I got to tell you, when I walked in, you know, and they, I looked behind a little curtain there and, and saw her and there wasn't a screen between us. Uh, yeah, it was like, oh, man, this is, yeah, because I don't know if she'll get out. Of, I'm, I'm assuming she'll get out of the hospital, but I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. No one knows. And, and now they're saying this whole thing, the guideline, the timeline of the virus, may, you know, now that she has it, but in general, they they say no one knows now exactly when it started because a death in California happened in early February, not late. I, this whole thing wow. is becoming a mess, Michael. It's it's yeah. getting very unnerving. And by the way, at least our ship is has left um, New York Harbor. That ship, yeah. USNS Comfort, has left the harbor. So that's a good sign, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, you, you know, is the half is the cup half empty or half full or uh, I don't know. Just drink. Quit. Just just eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow you're gonna. Die. No, wait a minute. That no no. How about? <laughs> I'm sorry. That didn't sound. That sounded very morbid. Eat, drink, well, and be merry. Tomorrow you're gonna die anyway. So is that our myism for the day, or do you got a better one? Uh, no. For us? No. No. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, I don't really have one today, I don't think. Well, I do have a question for you. So I wrote about how I felt some of my statuses may have been giving people too much hope or whatever. Like, people seem huh. to not be happy with with the way I've been trying to put positivity out there because they want what? reality. Or yeah, Oh, it's true. What? But, but my question is, can hope be dangerous in the fact that if you share too much, people will be then inspired to get out and do whatever they want, or should I not even think like I'm encouraging people to get out by being hopeful? Well, I mean, here I end up getting to go see my mama, and I'm like, wow, it's cool I get to see her, but then I do I, and they end up saying, you can, I want to, I did that song already. I don't know. I, I guess just, be be wise again. Don't be licking toilet seats. You know that was a dumb challenge for a while on um on the <laughs> internet. That was a challenge during this whole thing. I'm like, what are you doing? And of course, don't forget the licking ice cream and putting it back challenge. That was ridiculous. Oh, too. it people are just. It's like, look, be wise. Don't be stupid, and uh, uh, keep. I don't know. Keep looking up. I don't know. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I don't know. For some. I don't know. All I know is I'm glad to be here. And... I know. It isn't, it, since you've come on this pod, you've actually made me more excited to wake up because I'm assured now that I know that he is helping me wake up every day. So I feel that. And then you enhance that when you come on. So thank you for that inspiration every day. You know, I'm glad you said that because um, today is the would have been my brother Dale's uh, 70th birthday. And um, that's primarily what the show is going to be about today is, you know, memories. There's some memories that maybe aren't so wonderful, but it's uh, other memories are they're they're precious memories, you know. And well, I got some songs that go with that. And then 
you know, I recorded my mom, like I said, uh, when she was in, I was going to say psych ward, but not this time. But what am I saying? I don't well, know. Let me ask you, did you mention that to your mom about, hey, today, would, you know, tomorrow would be Dale's birthday. Did you mention that to her at all? No, I hmm. didn't. I do have her uh, phone number, though, and I may give her a call sometime today, maybe see if she can. Uh, maybe I'll have her on the show. Well, let's see. Tomorrow, Kathy Bugger is going to be on the on the program. But um, I didn't want to only because sometimes it gets her a little bummed, and yet he came to a, a, a Jesus moment in his life. And, uh, you know, he was just grateful that he, he knew where he was going. He, in fact, his pastor said he became one of his best evangelists, <laughs> my brother wow. Dale. And, and what a hoot. He, he's, yeah, I got to tell you. Well, I don't know if you heard a while back, there was a a story I had on with Rene Grohn, and he knew somebody who came to Christ later in life and was a pastor for 32 years, starting in his 60s. So it can happen (gasps) to anybody. Oh, my goodness. Which show was that? Uh, Was that just within the last week? The last couple weeks, yeah. It was on, I think, the the Good Friday episode, actually, if I'm not mistaken, because I had him on that thing, and we just talked about it. You know that's interesting because that's something that I've, I've, uh, I don't know. There's so much that goes that, that that's a part of that. You know, a friend of mine says, "You know, God's calling you and you're not answering." Well, I think I am doing what I'm doing, and I'm good where I'm at. And the, so, well, you should hey, also remind your friend that in God's time, His purpose for you will continue to be revealed. A lot of us don't, yeah. think of that God's time, but I've always stuck with that idea because it is His time. <laughs> You know, and um, he will do what we, he needs to with us in the time that he wants us to do it. If that yeah, makes sense. it makes that makes all the sense. Yeah, it's in his timing, not my timing. Just Hurry like up, this God, whole thing, it's not in our control, Mike. It's just life and life will resurrect yeah. itself. But right now we just have to be patient with it. Yeah, be be patient or become a patient. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Gotta, we got on today's show i'm kind of are you gonna you're gonna play the audio of your visit and then what else are you gonna do for the hour or so well i am going to uh read some uh proverbs and i'm gonna just babble i guess i don't know open up the phone lines and see if anybody calls um boy i'll tell you oh my gosh i am going to talk about something that a post that i saw that janelle put up janelle clark who's a regular listener and ed's response <laughs> ed delgado it's like oh my this whole thing is, you know, it's sad. It's kind of like politics. It's like the, the, the Corolla, no, Corona, Corona, yeah, virus is, it's dividing us, and it's just sad. I mean, don't you think? It's horrible, and it's horrible that I've had my own family, like, have some disagreements publicly, and it's just like, we got to uh, think of the bigger picture here. We got to think of that we're literally in this together, and it's interesting because our, our main leaders are trying to say that, yet on the ground you just see nothing of that. It's like they're up there saying we got to be in this together. Then you see them fighting on the ground. It's just like there's such a disconnect right now. It's it's kind of horrible to see. It's um it, it is and it's 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 I I think for me to to back off from this a little bit and not get too involved in some of the posts and. Well, that's you know, why the story of seeing your mom is so refreshing because it's something different during this time, you know. Well, and then I almost felt like I exploited mm. the fact that uh, I, I did get to go see her. 
I struggle with that a lot, Alex, because I've been accused of exploiting um, things that I have uh, somebody I did an interview with and it was like, I don't know how many hundreds of listens, but somebody else had said, uh, yeah, well, you exploited, it was my son, my eldest son. And I'm like, really? I, I don't think so. Um, I said, well, his name is, his name is Brian. And I think I called the show Brian Polar. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, what made you, I, what, do you, what do you think made the episode get listened to that much? Like, what was the content like during that? Well, this is a this is a young man who uh, was extremely depressed. It turned to alcohol and other drugs, and was on antidepressants. And um, I mean, a point four four more than once. I think that was the highest one. Point four four alcohol content. He's still alive to talk about it. That, to me, is a miracle. His psychiatrist said, there's no way you should be here. Mm. I mean, it's that. And people can say, yeah, whatever. What a story. Yeah, you know, you don't have to believe. It's okay. It's, it's fine if you don't. I'm just telling you. And this young man has not touched a drop since. That's amazing. Michael, congratulations and, and on that. I would love to have him on here again. Well, I'll tell you, we had him stay with us for a little while. And, oh. My gosh, it got pretty nasty. Two o'clock in the morning, he's sitting outside on his phone. It's in the middle of summer, and man, I just wanted to. Well, I'm glad that um, that happened. And when? So it's on the podcast page. When was that recorded? You know, I don't remember, but I know that I. Is it on the podcast page? Well, normally when you do these live, they store it on there anyway. So if you just look up well, Bri Polar, maybe they'll find it. Well, but I um, that's a great uh, – I, I might repost it. In fact, maybe I'll ask him to come on and do a, do a follow-up because he's done extremely well. It's just – it's so encouraging. It just is. <sighs> now I need a cigarette and a drink, and I don't <laughs> – I know. Well, okay. hey, I um... – I've got a guest awaiting. I just want to check in with you before we, before nine, so we could properly talk about the show and what to expect. And I will have you back tomorrow. But uh, thank you for today. This was um, it was a conversation much needed because I feel like when you go in circles about like the virus and this and the other, at least you have you've gotten that experience of going to see your mom through this. Uh, that's my last question. What was it like going through it? during this whole pandemic? I mean, was it unnerving to begin with to try and get there and knowing what was going on in the world? What was your first feeling? Well, <laughs> it, actually, it's kind of interesting you said that because uh, when I got to the hospital and I went through the first door and there's a gal there with a mask on and she's, you know, checks my temperature and I'm freaking out because I can't get my, I have one of those, you know, those cheap masks you use if you're doing drywalling and stuff. And, okay. and, it wouldn't stay on and the strap broke and I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get COVID. What's going on? Like, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was a little, yeah. And then I walk into a little waiting room and there's six chairs, five chairs in there and they're all, you know, they're six feet apart. And, and then I get in to get to go back into where, and there seems to be a very hope Build business as usual, if I can use that term. I love that term. We need that term back. Jo oh, I, bet you, I just think I just got to thank you. Business as usual. Huh. 
And and when you listen to the, the, the audio, like I said, in the background, I don't even know if I should play it, but I'm going to, because they're making some guys saying, you know, this nurse says, how, how tall are you? And she said, six, four. And, and, he, and she, he said, yeah. And she said, she said, like, yeah, maybe five, four. I mean, it's just fun listening. In fact, I have a psych ward <laughs> clip pulled up here that I thought I'd play, but maybe I won't. Might not be appropriate. Well, play, but it play was that fun. audio with your mom because that's that's something that'll last a lifetime for you because you'll have that on tape. I, I'm sure you have other stuff with her on tape too, right? Yes, and I have some uh, some voicemails of uh, my brother Dale. Um, some of them just being, you know, thankful that I didn't back down from telling him about Jesus mm-hmm. and uh, others where he's just, he's just crying. He's so scared. And, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ and you're scared about what's going on, it's okay, folks. Don't fake it till you make it. Okay? Huh. Really? Well, well, let me tell you, I, you've got a lot of emotional content ready to go. And I think people will get a lot of inspiration of that. Now, let me ask you this though, as someone who did leave the house to go see their mom, would you advise that other people do the same during this time, or do you think it's just a case-by-case basis? I think it depends on the individual. For instance, whether you know um, you decide to wear a mask when you go out. Uh, I don't, but in order to meet the protocol to go see my mommy, I'm going to put on a mask. Mm. I mean, and yet I still got the... <laughs> And then she's reaching into her purse, and she loves to give me a few bucks whenever I see her. And she's, Mikey, I just can't find this $10 bill. I know there was a $10 bill in there. And she ends up handing me a great big handful of, of change. And I said, Mom, this is filthy lucre. I can't take this from you. Mm. Well, that's – I know, and I kind of feel guilty about taking stuff from my parents now because I'm the one ma- you know, making money, and I feel bad doing that. But then they're like, no, take it. I'm like, okay, I guess so. So, Well, I well get, my mom loves to be – she's somebody who loves to give. Uh, yeah, my parents are big givers, and sometimes yeah. I just feel like I, I shouldn't take because, you know, it's their – I don't know, because I'm working and everything like that. But Nonetheless, we love our folks, and uh, thank you for sharing this story today, Michael. And we will have you tomorrow, and of course, Radio Hope tomorrow, uh, later today at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm I'm guessing Mike's ready for it. He sounds ready for it anyway. Oh, so, Michael, come on now. Thank you for coming on, and we'll do it again tomorrow. All right. God bless, sir. Talk Bye. to you soon. In just a moment, I will have my Ooh. guest, uh, next guest today, Zach Miller. He is going to be calling in from Queens, and I'll, I'll dial him up right now. Uh, he's with the truckers, and um, interestingly enough, the truckers were praised by President Trump last week. I want to get his take on that. I also want to know what's going on with Truck Stop Radio. In fact, if you remember, um, that shouldn't be going over the air, should it? If you remember, I had Zach on way earlier in the uh, in the podcasting days, like last year. And he, he, we nailed it. He was a great guest, and I want to have him back on during this time. So uh, bear with me here. And yes, uh, as I said last night, it's very important to be humble, if you will, because... I believe we have him. 
Zach, what is up? Zach Miller. Is not available. Oh, he's not answering yet. Let's see. Let's get him on the air. Um, I think it's important to be humble. If you feel like you're not... Hey. Hey, Zach. How are you doing, sir? Welcome to the pod. And this is your first visit on the live version of this, so thanks for joining us today. Oh, of course. No, this is exciting. So um, I was just getting into how you are with New York Truck Stop, and you've been... We haven't talked since last year already. It's crazy how time flies. But uh, welcome to the kind of new revamped pod here. So first things first, how are you doing? How are your dad, Arthur, doing? And uh, maybe your friends are listening now, so maybe they all want an update on how the family's doing. Oh, thank you. Uh, doing well, thanks. You know, under the uh, the circumstances, I'd say. But but yeah, you know, we're doing well. We're keeping busy. Um, it, it is interesting how, because, you know, the work dynamic was just the two of us in an office. Um, so that does sort of translate well to working remotely, but it is interesting not to have those, you know, daily, uh, arguments isn't the right word, but, but, you know, long conversations with him. Um, so that's been a bit of a change, but, but, but overall we're doing well. Uh, the family as well. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate that. Well, I, I also brought you on because obviously we we're sports connected. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but last, <laughs> last Thursday, President Trump welcomed the truckers to the White House. What was that about? I mean, people probably are wondering what he was doing with them, the White House. Yeah, yeah good question. Uh, I think that was really more of a um, show of support and show of thanks to the truck drivers who are on the front line. Um, you know, they are part of the emergency essential workers who are keeping this country uh, well supplied. I know, you know, you, you see uh, pictures of people hoarding in supermarkets, but in reality, uh, although there have been some changes to the supply chain, overall, uh, places are pretty well stocked, and there's plenty of supplies for people. Um, so uh, it was really a show of thank you and gratitude to that. There have been some um, some regulatory changes, you know, some temporary changes in terms of uh, how many hours the drivers can, can be on the road and things like that. But, but this wasn't really about that sort of announcement. This was really about uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. We appreciate you and keep up the good work. Well, um, you know, so that was really nice to see. You guys are still talking about this on your radio show. You're doing it kind of virtually. But tell us, how, are, how is it getting the radio on the air every week still from home? So that's been very interesting. That's been done through Zoom. I think uh, most people are now familiar with Zoom. They probably haven't heard of it. They, they probably didn't hear about it a month ago, uh, but now they're pretty familiar with it. So it, it, it's, it's actually kind of cool because with, with Zoom, we have everybody who will be on the show. So there will be me in one location, my dad in another location, and usually a guest or two in other locations. And so, you know, we all have that, that video of each other interacting, um, which is great to see. But, you know, on the radio, it's just it's just the audio. So it's um, – it's it, it, it's kind of like we get a different perspective than the listener does while doing it. Mm. Uh, but so that's been a bit of a change. But otherwise, you know, it's the technology is there. Um, people have had to adjust far worse than than we are doing a radio show. So it's it's been fine. Well, I'm I'm sure, and and you know what? Actually, I was doing some Zoom pre-records also for some of the shows on the stations, and Zoom quality is not that bad, to be honest no, with you. It isn't, and it's interesting because um, the first 
maybe 30 seconds or a minute when you're when you're hearing yourself on the recording it sounds a little different and then it's it's back to normal really i think it's just that that sort of shock of you're doing it through your phone or your your laptop instead of you know the high-tech machines uh in the studio well, Zach, you just, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of different. And also for me, I'm not as distracted. As you know, I go all over the studio when I'm there. So this has kind of been like a centralized thing for me. And I guess that's how I've been able to be more productive or so I feel. Anyway, oh, that's an interesting point. Anyway, Zach, so you just mentioned there are regulations that, that have been coming about with COVID for truckers. Um, do you care to weigh in? What, what exactly are you talking about there with regulations? They're not, it's not a massive change. It's basically like, um, ordinarily, a trucker has about 10 hours of on-duty time uh, where they could be on the road driving. Um, they do have to take a uh, half an hour break. So, And there's talk about changing some of that regulation you know, in, in regular times mm. to give them a little bit more flexibility um, in terms of, you know, if, if a driver is driving and he feels fine, um, give him a little bit of flexibility to keep going um, versus just, you know, immediately pulling off. And then also, um, so, so the changes are about extending that time period just because given, you know, the, the circumstances, uh, you want to make sure the drivers are on the road as much as possible, being able to supply the stores, you know, the supermarkets, the pharmacies, the hospitals, etc., as much as possible, while still in a safe um, time period. So those hours have been extended till about mid-May, but it hasn't really been, um, it hasn't been much of an issue because there are so less vehicles on the road. Uh, there's so much more room for trucks to operate. They've been able to go a little faster. They've been able to find parking a little bit better. So um, that that extension, though a nice gesture, hasn't really come into play so much. Now, how has Albany helped out? Because I know you guys were going up there for a while before this whole thing happened. What's Albany's response been for the truckers during this time? It's, I mean, um, the state overall, I think, has handled this crisis pretty well. We could always debate and say, did did they take this seriously from the beginning? Was they mo- was there more they could have done at the beginning? But but really, once the you know what hit the fan, so to speak, the response from the state government has been very good in terms of um, classifying you know the entire transportation industry as essential very early on. Um, in terms of, it's not even so much that they intentionally relaxed regulations it's just given the nature of the pandemic Mm. they have been relaxed so you're seeing less um what we like to call nickel and dime type of enforcement still there's enforcement for safety concerns which should never go away but but the sort of stuff that's just like clearly uh taxation through regulation so to speak for the most part that's gone away um we could get into some of the weeds here there's some uh Tat, um, hi, there's something called the highway use tax, which okay. New York has, which charges drivers a percentage based on when they're on, you know, state roads, um, and that we're not asking for that to go away right now, um, but but there are certainly late 
penalty there are penalties assigned for late payments and interest that we'd like the state to sort of nullify during this pandemic because you know just in terms of logistics companies are running short staffed or they may not really be running that much at all it's just an unnecessary burden to fill out this quarterly sort of tax for right now but but that's you know one small complaint uh in a rather large state so overall they they've done well and i'll tell you and, and your listeners what's been even more uh, rewarding to see is the city has responded very well in terms of accommodating uh truck drivers and the logistics industry as a whole in fact and i'm really excited about this a joint partnership between New York City DOT and the Economic Development Corporation of New York City opened up two new rest areas for truck drivers uh, just last week. One of them is in Hunts Point by the Hunts Point Market, and one of them is in Staten Island by the uh, Global Containment Terminal. And uh, we're really excited about this. That's huge. And you just mentioned the supply chains. That's kind of been a big conversation, right? Because all with the economy you know down and whatnot the supply chains are down and but you're saying that they're the truckers are doing the best to keep those chains alive is that that that's kind of the gist that i was getting from you there absolutely absolutely and, and it's interesting that you mentioned the, the supply chain because it really is there, there are so many layers to it right so you definitely have the trucks um sort of in the last mile first mile type delivery but then you have the warehouse workers uh who are working extra hard you have a lot of, um, you're still seeing not so much air cargo, but you're still seeing a lot of um, marine freight coming in. The ports are still operating. So everybody who services the ports is still operating. It really has been this um, all-hands-on-deck type of effort to keep the economy moving uh, as much as possible. And and overall, it really has been a success, and that really is a, a testament to these, you know, um, first responders to, to these people who work in these overlooked industries. Now, obviously, Alex, me and you don't overlook it. We talk about it all the time. But I think, you know, the general American public has overlooked it. And it's nice to see them at least starting to get the recognition that they deserve. By the way, I don't know if you're still listening, but uh, Ed Delgado, the Caramel Conservative, just commented a little while ago to say good morning to everybody. So good morning on to him. Now, Zach, the other thing is, the media has not really said the economy's open. So what I mean by that is they say everything's closed. You can't go in. But I feel like they're not doing a service to the actual businesses who are open. And as you say, who are and the truck drivers who are making it happen. And of course, the healthcare workers, what they're doing is they're saying, no, everything's closed. And I think that's not right. I think they have to say, but you could still do delivery. You could still order from these places. They're, they're not really telling us that, I feel. I think that's a really good point, too. Um, I mean, I agree with you, and, and it, it it does, because I know, Alex, you like to talk about it, too, about how you have to have a little bit of optimism, you know, and you have to have a little bit of forward forward thinking and forward looking, and, and, and I think this is a good example of that, too, because, yeah, look, we can't, there are so many places that are closed right now, and we can't just rush to open them up, it's not safe, but at the same time, there are a lot of places that are still open. There are a lot of people who are still working really hard to make sure that um, that Americans have what they need, to, to make sure that places, that, that stores that are open still have what they need. And, and I, I agree with you. It really doesn't hurt to say, oh, but look at what's still available and right. what's still running. 
and 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 you know we know this is a really unfortunate situation we know people are are scared and we know people are cooped up in their homes but at the same time this could be so so much worse if not for you know x y and z that's still open that's still operating that's still running to make sure you and your family have what they need to have and there are good stories to tell there too like like even i saw last week uh and and you probably saw this too and you're listening to a clip went viral of um a FedEx driver went mm-hmm. to make a delivery at a at a family's house, and the family left a note on the door saying, "Oh, you know, uh, we have a daughter who has uh, an autoimmune disease." And what did the driver do? He went back to his truck to get wipes to wipe down the package to make sure that there wasn't even a chance of this this girl with the autoimmune disease uh, catching an illness, catching COVID. So, so, you know, stories like that, they're still there. They're still operating. And, and these, are, these are wonderful things to see. And, and they should give people hope that, that to sort of bridge from where we are now to where we want to be is being built. Zach, I've got I've to say, I mean, that is an incredible story. But, you know, I've also noticed the private places like Uber Eats, like these different saying – having to do their own work and saying we're going to put ads out saying we're still open and so those commercials are actually giving people the some idea of normalcy i think anyway i i I would think so i would hope so it is kind of interesting too right how um how uh just commercials have shifted overnight like everything else i mean they got Um, their production teams up and at them like the minute this happened it's incredible and it's sort of it, it, talk, it sort of speaks to the surreal nature of everything, right? Because when this first, first started, or, or even maybe the week before it first started, when we were all in that, like, oh, this is coming zone, um, the com- what were the commercials? They were for the Final Four and March right. Madness, you right. know? So, and that was surreal to see uh, commercials for March Madness, you know, two days after the tournament gets canceled. But then, conversely, a week after that, we're seeing commercials, you know, for, for like, hey, we know this is really difficult. We're going through this together. And, you know, we, we can't wait to celebrate with you again soon. But for now, be safe. You know, you know, messages like that. And, and it really is incredible how, you know, just like sort of at the snap of a finger, that whole industry went into overtime to, to create these new messages for the, uh, the American consumer. Zach, speaking of the consumer, speaking of economics, really quickly, I know that you have connections with the economic development places here in New York. You talk with them. What are they telling you? What are these chambers of commerce telling you and, and Arthur Miller? What What's going on? What are they talking about with you? So I think, I think you're sort of looking at it, or at least to me, the messages are sort of a, a two-pronged attack, right? The first part is how do you just weather this storm? How do you get what you need? to be able to stay in business, to be able to reopen uh, when, when this is over. Um, and that's sort of on two levels. The first level is sort of based on your company. How can you ad- ad- adapt? Is there any way for you to stay open during this? Is there anything you could do to change your operation, to, to provide something that's essential or, or maybe you have to change your, your area of expertise a little bit. So it's like in terms of the chambers and the economic development corporate stuff like that, it's like what tools can we help you with for you to change right now temporarily 
to get through this. And then the second part is, if that's not possible or you need more, what sort of financial assistance is there from hmm. either, you know, the feds, we know about the federal programs. Uh, is there anything that the state and cities could do? Is there anything that sort of uh, private industry could do uh, to help you weather this? So, so those are the two big things that these local chambers that, that, that the city and state are working on. And just like, just like, let's, Let's see if we can't rethink what you do for the time being and then what sort of levels of assistance are available to get you to weather this. By the way, city council also just approved a package for small businesses, which I think is a big deal that they're even helping out during this whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's nice of them to talk about something important instead of, you know... <laughs> you mean, the, you mean not banning fall crawl or whatever they call it? <laughs> exactly. Well, um, it was yeah. a big step. I mean, I was impressed when I first saw the notification, to be honest. No, it, it, it was. It was. It, you know, the city council is a really interesting um, organization, let's call it. There are 51 members of the city council. About, I think, 47 of them are Democrats. Um, but that's, you know, look, that's fine. The, 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 the issue is that it's one body. You know, it's, 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 it's a one part, uh, one body legislature with basically a one-party system um mm. and so the, the 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 checks and balances that ought to be on a legislative body just aren't there with the city council and so that's where you see a lot of um sort of um talking points quickly become bills yeah which is which is a problem in in, in any way in any way uh, look a political talking point is not in any party, in any way, a good piece of legislation. And so that's one of the issues well, that we see with the city council. And unlike state senate, where actually some Democratic senators do go against their party, which nobody really talks about, but there are some that vote against their own parties. Thinking in the city council, it kind of is like, well, every Democrat votes the same way, right? So there's not really disagreement there. there you know, it's interesting. There, there's some disagreement, and there, there, there are definitely... A, good chunk of like really really good city council members but yeah the problem is they're just they're just in the minority so you know a vote comes up they're just they just don't have the numbers so it it it's sort of yeah they fight the good fight but at the end of the day it's a losing problem well that's why i wish they would say like you know city council except for joe borelli except for justin brannon approve that you know because it doesn't it's not fair to loop everybody into that one little vote kind of curious if we'll see some of that now that they're going to virtual hearings and vote remotely where it's just like well this might be the only opportunity you know your joe borelli or your bob holden has to uh to carve a name out for themselves maybe they will be a little bit more aggressive in their um in their no vote right now let's uh let, i didn't know they're going virtual that we'll have to keep an eye on that but yeah, let's uh, actually this mm -hmm. right Transportation hearing, so I'm going to try and watch that. Zoom into it, maybe zoom bomb it. I don't know. <laughs> that, that would be that would be a lot a lot more problematic for me, I think. But, but yeah, hey, you never know. Hey, so let let's talk about something uh, that that's close to your heart, and that'd be the Mets, because oh, yeah. we could come out of this pandemic with J Lo and Alex Rodriguez owning the team. How crazy is that? That would be that would be so crazy. It's funny. Um, 
because I was talking to, to one of my buddies about that. Um, certainly, maybe, I think probably with the exception of uh, James Dolan, I would take any CEO over Jeff Wilpon right now uh, in the sports world. So certainly, uh, do I think A-Rod would be a better CEO than Wilpon? Absolutely. Um, the, the thing about A-Rod and J-Lo buying the Mets, though, and, and I know people have mentioned uh, Jeter and the Marlins, I just can't see a billionaire buying a New York sports team and then letting somebody else run it, even if that is A-Rod. So you're seeing a Steve Cohen type of head-on collision here where he doesn't get a say in the Mets do? Is that kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's just no way that, that some, some billionaire... Because if you're going to put down that kind of money to buy the team, you're going to want to run it. I mean, there's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just totally logical. It, it, it's why... It's it's why the Wilpons deal with, with with Cohen made no sense. It's like the man is not paying you two and a half billion dollars for you guys to keep running the team, the the way you're running it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Cuomo's talking to them. You know, he likes to say how he talked with Jeff Wilpon today, and I'm like, what does that even matter? I don't know. I don't get it. You know. But uh, no, if A-Rod bought this, I partially think it's because he wants to compete with Jeter in the NL East. I think there's some kind of competition he wants there. I, I would agree with that. As, as, as sort of petty as it sounds, I do agree with that. I think that's a factor. And uh, it's just, it is nice to see sports still getting us through this because that's not the only story. First was Let's Dance. You know, that was the big thing. We'll get to that in a second. But then Gronk gets traded to the Buccaneers. I mean, the... If anything, sports is becoming that uh, catharsis need to escape what's going on because of all the stories going on, and uh, I think I think it's just fascinating. He came out of retirement just to be with Brady again. It's just it's wild how that unfolded. It really is. I I did not expect that. I I Gronk was one. First of all, NFL players when they retire, they usually stay retired um, because of just the physical nature of the sport. And so Gronk just. He looks spent. I thought he was done. Um, I know he did a little bit of wrestling, but but still. And uh, and then yeah, just like all of a sudden, I, I I was actually in a conference call or on a conference call, I guess technically. And I get off the call and I check Twitter, and that you know there you go, Gronk traded to Tampa Bay. It's just uh, very surprising. Um, it, it, although, you know, as a Jets fan, it is nice to have yet another team to root against. Uh, so <laughs> so that, that'll be fun. But, but yeah, and I think that's sort of, you know, back to Cuomo, why he wanted to talk to the Wilpons. And even, you know, why, um, why, why mm-hmm. uh, Trump wants to get sports back. It mm-hmm. is that sort of um, something, something positive, something unifying you know, something we could look forward to, even if, you know, fans are not allowed in the stadiums, just, just something else, something positive to watch. And I don't know if that factored into Gronk coming back, but, but you don't, you never know. But yeah, that, that Tampa Bay team is going to be fun this year. That's for sure. Well, you see what happened to Brady. He was apparently stopped in a park that was closed because he was working out in it. And, uh, (laughs) well, and then I see the Yankees, I think in Tampa, you know, they're right across the street. They, they, they are thinking of opening up their grounds for him, which I think is kind of interesting for him to practice on. And he pays Derek Jeter rent now anyway, so why not? Right. Well, look, I think he made the right move for himself. He did what he wanted to do. 
to be with his kid. Some people might not, ag- not agree with it, but I think he did what his heart wanted to do, it sounds like. so. Oh, absolutely. And, and I totally agree with you. My, my whole thing is this. When, when you're playing for a team, give it everything you have, honor your contract, and then in the offseason, you need to make a change, you go ahead and you do that. It's your life. Um, so I, I never have a problem with, with players changing teams or anything like that. It, it's... Well, and he handled it so much differently than Garrett Cole. If you remember, Garrett Cole said, oh, I'm not employed. I'm like, you just finished the World Series and you're saying, like, oh, I'm not an Astro anymore? Like, that was very it, – it rattled my brain because it was, like, so – he just jumped ship right away. At least Brady was a little more graceful with his exit uh, out of New England. smart. Bernie knows about legacy and what his legacy is, how no matter what he does in Tampa Bay, he's a Patriot, and he's always going to be tied to the Patriots. I think Cole um, probably, you know, he's younger, he's a little less mature than, than Brady, and I don't necessarily mean that as a negative. I'm just saying that that I think, and sort of to your point, you know, I think he viewed free agency far differently than Brady did. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're right. I think the Brady approach, you know, to, to anybody look, looking forward, I think the Brady approach is probably the better approach. Um, although, again, I think I think Cole knew he was going to the Yankees pretty much right away, uh, where Brady wasn't entirely sure where he was going to go. So right. I don't know if that factored into it, but... Um, but yeah, and certainly I, I'm not in a position to defend the Houston Astros. <laughs> no, uh, nope. Well, I think that's kind of why Grady wanted uh, G- Garrett wanted out of there because he knew it was coming out. Um, how about this though? And I was just thinking, at least they both didn't do like a TV primetime special saying "I choose Miami." You know, I mean, at least oh, they were. Gosh. It was different. Um, so we'll have to see. And of course, the biggest question now is: Will that third piece? leave New England being Edelman. That's the next thing to look out for. See if he goes down there with them. You know, the thing with Edelman is um, Tampa Bay's receivers are fantastic. I mean, I mean, Tampa Bay's wideouts are just great. I don't, I mean, that you're talking about, and as good as Edelman is, I'm not knocking him, but Tampa Bay's one of the few teams where, like, that would be a downgrade. Um, so I think, I think Edelman might be the last man standing uh, in New England. It looks like. And then, of course, the... Uh, I know, I'll have to say, of course, the draft is tomorrow night. I want to get your thoughts on that. Virtual draft. I wonder if someone's going to Zoom bomb that. I know I've been saying it often, but it just seems like a big thing. So I imagine that that happens in the Goodell draft picks as they're going on. <laughs> but apparently it's going to be like from his basement or something. I don't know. It's going to look kind of weird, though. But we, we can all agree Burroughs is number one, right? I mean, I don't see how he's not. I, uh, I mean, I'm with you. I don't see how he's not either. Um, it, it, and all indications are, yeah, he, he's going to go number one. Um, and that they, they have to. He, he's got to go. He, he, you got to get the quarterback. We, man, this should be a podcast. We should do a radio show, dude. This is this is great. Um, and no, and I don't see that. The one guy I'm really saddened for is Tua because he should have taken another year to recover from this injury he had. I'm I'm still not sure why he's doing this. I think um, it's a good question. I can't fully speak to it. I, I do think that he got the 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 okay from the from the doctors and the medical staff. Um, 
I think his thinking was that um, he doesn't want to risk another injury in college. At least, you know, if you get hurt, get, get that contract. And I think the indications were he would still be a first-round pick this year. I still think he's going to get picked in the first round. Um, and I would imagine in the top 10, and maybe he slips to like the top 15, but I don't see him going much slower than that. Well, of course, last year's 15th was Hoskins, and he was very ticked about that. And then he proved why he was, because he was in the stands while they were trying to finish a football game. It just didn't... Exactly. The, the maturity issues there are real. But, you know, he, at least with, uh, with him, he's got a real coach in there now. So right. If he, if he can't oh, prove... Ron Rivera's going to straighten that whole exactly. locker room out. If you can't improve under Rivera, then, you know, you weren't going to improve under anybody. Yeah, and I mean, everybody was surprised that he got fired, but, you know, they just wanted to move a separate way. And then, of course, they got rid of Cam later in the off season, So they've had a bit of a retooling down in North Carolina uh, with the Panthers. Now, one one other thing I brought you on for, because you love sports as much as I do, and you, I know you're very interested in the Let's Dance documentary. I haven't fully covered it, but I just thought after that, some people were going to start criticizing it, saying, oh, no, that's not actually what happened. Michael's wrong and whatnot. But we really haven't seen that, actually. No, no. I mean, I think this is this is very thorough. I mean, I first of all, I think the players and, and everyone around the organization remembers them being followed around, you know, with the film crew back then. And certainly, um, they were contacted recently about about rewatching the, the film and about talking about that whole team. And 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 um, and, and it's it's always interesting where you have. You know, the clips and then, you know, the modern day interviews and that, mm-hmm. you know, 20 year gap introspective. It, it, it's interesting stuff. And, you know, you are talking about one of the one of the all time great dynasties in all of sports, probably the greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the just most dominant teams, at least, you know, for me, I'm 34 years old. So that was the most dominant team I've ever seen that that the second Bulls three-peat team, and um, and I, I'm trying to think, how old was I that last year? I was 12 or 13 years old, so I remember it pretty well, not great, and I certainly am not up on all the off-the-court drama, a little bit of it, but not all of it, so, so right. it's fascinating to get, to get all that. Well, I, I love how they highlighted Scotty in, in his own episode because he was the backbone of that team. Without Scotty Pippen, you don't have this whole thing. I love Michael. You know, we, we all know Michael did it, but I think he had to have a team around him to get it done, and, and Scotty was the leader of that that group, so to speak. Yeah, he, he really, he always was, and I always liked Pippen, and I always liked that Pippen did the dirty work. And, and Jordan did, you know, Jordan played defense. Jordan oh, sure. did everything, but, but Pippen was just... Pippen really could do anything a person could possibly do on the basketball court. It was amazing, his versatility. Uh, he, he really was a special player, and, and I agree with you. It's nice to see him get the recognition. It, it always kind of surprised me uh, growing up that he didn't. It was always just like, oh, yeah, he's Jordan's sidekick. He's Jordan's sidekick. I'm like, Jordan's sidekick? Pippen would be the best player on pretty much any other team in the NBA, you know? Like, uh, and, and even then, you know, he goes to Portland and, and they're, they're, they're one horrific fourth quarter meltdown away from the NBA finals. 
Well, what I wonder is if they, um, and I didn't know, by the way, Jordan got injured his second year in the league. That was interesting to find out. I had always, I guess I didn't research it back farther enough, but yeah, his second year in, he got hurt, but you know how he did it? He rebounded and got himself to like one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, four. He rebounded himself, and I feel like that's kind of where we're all feeling like right now. Like, we can get this, we can beat this whole thing on our own, and the doctors are like, well, there's still a 10% chance or more you could get it, so we're going to lock us down. So it's just kind of that same debate's coming up even to this day of whether to play with a 10% chance or not. Yeah, that's true. That, that, that's, that's very much an interesting point. But, um, but you wonder if they actually showed everybody the interviews before it started or if they just let them see the interviews the first time on Sunday night and let them react how they're going to for seeing commentary. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, would, I guess I would hope they, they showed it to them, but, but that's a good point. Who knows? Because, you know, Jordan really had full control over this. I know that so much so they didn't even bleep the f word out a couple times. He was, <laughs> he was on ESPN. I was like, oh, I guess we forgot that this was also on television and not just Netflix. Well, I think there was a disclaimer that the uh, censored version was on ESPN too. Oh, well, I don't know. I just and then there was some language at the. There was a disclaimer at the beginning, also saying, you know, this is going to happen. So, I I kind of saw that. Um, but I'm kind of curious where this documentary goes. And isn't it funny, Zach, that. It's not, uh, you know, a close play at first in the middle of April. It's not um, an offside in hockey. It's not a foul that changes the NBA playoffs. It's a documentary that we're all clinging to for some relief here. I know. I know. It's unbelievable. Because any other time, people may pay attention, but I don't know if they'd be paying much attention to this. No, no, that's the whole thing. They moved it up. This was supposed to begin, like, right after the NBA Finals. And ESPN moved it up for that exact reason. It's just like, well, there's nothing else going on right now, and everybody's going to be talking about this, so let's move it up a couple of months. And just like any other NBA game on a Sunday, let's put it at night and not in the daytime, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing um, going on, but true. let's still make it prime time. And they run it till 11 o'clock, so I don't know how many people lasted the two episodes, but I did just because, as you know, my dad has this huge Chicago background. He uh he brought he ingrained in me like Blackhawks, Cubs, Bears, you know, not so much the White Sox though. But uh, what people, what people who may not know is Reinsdorf also owned or still owns the White Sox, and he was part of that championship run in two thousand five. Yeah, he does still own the White Sox. And he and uh, there was another guy too, Einhorn, I think it was, that owned. These teams? I mean, they were Chicago powerhouses for all these years, actually. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, George Steinbrenner actually owned a piece of the Bulls for some time. Wow. Yeah, there is a... Um, it was it was a really interesting sports group. It was, Steinbrenner was part of it. Um, Lamar Hunt, the, the Kansas City Chiefs founder, he owned a part of it. Um, I know there are a couple of other interesting people and then I think slowly but surely uh, Reinstorf started buying everyone out because back then and this is sort of fascinating too because back then NBA teams really weren't worth a whole lot they didn't make they lost money every year and it's not like there were big TV contracts where the league was bringing in revenue so it was really just sort of like a vanity project and a lot of people just were tired of the losses 
So that's how you got someone like Reinsdorf, who was able to just come in and buy up shares slowly over time. Um, I mean, I think he paid... Um, I know I'm going to butcher the number, but I, I don't think – I think it was something absurd, like maybe $15 million or crazy. something like that. By the way. Yeah. Crazy. crazy. Well, and look how they just transformed that city. I mean, up until that point, the Cubs hadn't won anything. Um, I think 84 was a big year for them actually, right, as this Bulls team was starting to melt together. Wasn't 84 like a year for the Cubs where they made the playoffs and something yeah, like that? Yeah, they lost the um, pennant to the – so it was then, and they hadn't had any much action before that, really. Um, so the city was kind of waiting. The Bears had just come off their – well, even the Bears had that championship run at that time, too. And then for 20 years, it was Chicago Bulls-centric, and that that was it. But tell me, Zach, you and I are not the only ones. We all remember there was a couple constants. NBA on, NBA, NBA on NBC theme. Oh, yeah. Serious, the Alan Parsons Project song. And that Bulls intro, that's just ingrained in our minds because we'd seen it almost every night. It seemed like in the 90s, every night that was there. It, 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 really, it really is something special that, that um, you know, at guard from North Carolina, <laughs> it just, you, you can't forget something like that. And apparently you that announcer... Against them. Like, you couldn't even fully root against them. And apparently that announcer was, uh, was brought back when he came back as a wizard for his final game. To, to do it, so that was cool. And people oh, forget that he continued into basketball as an owner, and of course that venture didn't really go as well for him. But no, it's actually it's actually very surprising. Um, and then you know, there's that the Washington experiment which you mentioned, um, but he didn't have full control and, and all that. And, and and now with Charlotte, it is kind of surprising because he is such a good businessman you know he's got that great business mind and he obviously nobody knows basketball better than he does and yet for whatever reason he can't seem to combine those two skills that he has to to run the hornets into a good team it, it's 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 really like mind-boggling i'm just waiting for him to like come out in like a hanes shirt because that's his big thing too <laughs> Uh, during the show, I haven't seen that yet, so I'm just waiting to see if he comes out in his like regular white shirt that he comes in, you know, wakes up in, you know, because oh, it's brought I, to you by I'm King. sure you will. Anyway, it's all about the branding. he really is, and that's why he was able to do Nike Air and all that other amazing stuff, and of course Space Jam, which, um, you know, if you if you're a kid now, you think, well, I remember him on Space Jam, and we're like, well, he was more than that, pal, you know. Anyway, oh, Zach, yeah. I won't let you go. It was great talking with you, and we will do this again soon. And oh, any absolutely. any last minute words of like encouragement or hope that you want to give us before we leave the airwaves this morning? You know, I mean, the, the thing I will say is it, it 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 certainly does look like we're turning a corner here in New York, and it, all indications are that um, the state with with uh, our our five neighboring states, you know, uh, here up east, um, are working on a sort of grand regional economic reopening plan. Um, we don't know exactly when that's going to be, uh, hopefully towards the end of May, beginning of June. But, but, but I think we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. There's still a lot of unknowns. There's still a lot up in the air. But I do think we've gotten through the worst part of this, and we can start talking more and more about how to reopen and how to rebuild our economy.
And by the way, because this is live, I'm sure we got some listeners. What's your email? What's your best way to get in touch with you? Zach, Z-A-C-H, at NewYorkTruckStop.com. And you are on Twitter as well at uh, NY Truck Stop Radio, right? Is at that... NYC Truck Stop. NYC Truck Stop. So we'll, we'll, we'll link you there and we'll talk to you soon. But thanks for coming on today, Zach. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Alex. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Perfect. Be well. You too. I'm Alex Garrett, and uh, and so uh, thanks for coming on to, to join us today. I have one more story I want to tell you, but I'm forgetting it at the moment. Uh, when it comes back to me, I'll probably jump on here. But have a great rest of the day, and please be safe. Please be careful, and say I love you to the loved ones around you. We need a lot more of that conversation going on. Have a great day. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.